YouTube land, what's good? It's your boy B here, aka Brian, aka Prince, aka Prince Vegeta, without the hating. Another run back series. I think that's what we're going to call it. Um, I'm joined here by a great guest who I'm actually a fan of, who our relationship he didn't even know about started by me watching his tips and tricks video, preferably the one about dealing with jumpers and Dragon Ball fighters. I still can't really deal with jumpers and Dragon Ball fighters, but the fact that I have this guy on the call right now with me is super exciting. I am here and joined by Rufal Monger. Uh, you want to say something to the people? Did I get did I get it right? Hopefully, Rufal Monger. I kind of like it. Right, all right, and uh, we'll open up with the classic air so hello and welcome <laughs> yes. I am indeed the rufal monger I, I was kind of like hoping i was like you're gonna do the intro or i, I don't know but uh, that's that's dope uh i appreciate you joining me and uh hopefully the tbh listeners uh enjoy this because uh so it's uh it's not Happy a lot of people doing the damn thing as far as tips and tricks go and i feel like you and wraith fgc and say jam are pretty upper echelon when it comes to like tips and tricks and tutorial videos and just just fighting game videos in general like uh the fact that you pretty much cover it all like literally <laughs> news leaks rumors patches and for all games which is insane uh, yeah, the one thing I pride myself on is uh, I'm generally able to uh, like most people have their their niche, right? Like I'm a Dragon Ball guy, I'm an MK guy, I'm a Street Fighter <clears throat> guy, me, I'm an everything guy. And I'm kind of not, not to your extreme, but I'm kind of the same way, especially like nowadays. I think the Internet was probably the best thing for fighting games because I, when I growing up, I was more of a NRS killer instinct type of guy. So just learning more about Capcom and all the things they did with SNK and SNK and like just all these different worlds that fighting games have to offer is kind of sick. So I think my first question to you and first topic is what is your favorite fighting game of all time? Like, okay, well, uh, I'll give you the lame answer first and I'll give you a better answer. Second. How about that? Okay. The lame answer first is Mortal Kombat two and street fighter two. Cause I'm old. It has to be those games. I respect that. But uh, if you want to get a little more adventurous, once you take the obvious answers out, a really big fan of Virtual Fighter. um, One that hit the hardest for me at the time, specifically Virtual Fighter 4 Evolution. Mm. For a lot of people around my age, that game was a revelation. Uh, It still has the best tutorial in fighting game history unmatched. Really? Close. Uh, There's games like uh, Undernight and Birth has very good tutorial. Yes. Uh, Exard Rev 2 has a very good tutorial, but nothing comes close to VF4 Evolution. I love that game to death. Uh, a lot of the earlier King of Fighters. Uh, I particularly played a lot of KOF 97. I know that if you're a KOF fan, that's a weird one to say because everyone will say like 98 or 2002. Uh, and I played a lot of 98 and 2002, but like 97, like that was my time and place, and I played just a lot of it. Uh, so I always have a fun place in my heart for that game. Uh, besides that, I loved a lot of weird games like i love primal rage even though it's stupid i love World wow Wars, even I, I had a dig deep in my brain for primal rage i've heard that game in a while <laughs> maybe primal rage comes back and it's a new fgc revolution yeah, yeah, maybe lazy answer is i love street fighter 2 mortal kombat 2 but uh if i had to pick my favorite modern like say within the last like seven like say post street fighter 4 right mm-hmm. uh my favorite modern fighting game would probably be mkx 
Yeah, I think the way they integrated the run and just how fast paced and nuts and insane. And you could pretty much do anything you wanted to in that game, which honestly worked really, really well. Yeah, like it, it had balance issues to be sure. Um, my dream for an MK12, and God knows how far along that is, right? But it basically be a mix between MKX and MK11. The MK11 has a lot of good ideas, although some aren't implemented too well. And you put in some of the craziness of MKX, and I think you got a really good game on your hands. See, it's weird how you say that, like, that would be your dream for MK12. I think, like, my dream, I guess, for, like, MK11 was since they were going back to, like, more of the slower down kind of sort of style that they are have or have now. I was hoping that it was going to be a better version of MK9. Like, I felt like that would have been a perfect game in a way. Because, like I said, literally last podcast that I had MK11 has some great ideas it's just I feel like it's poorly executed if that makes sense like there's there's ups and downs of MK11 MK9 it's hard not to think of it in uh once you really get under the hood right because mm-hmm. that game is so broken and it's hard for me not to think of it from that perspective once I know everything and how broken everything is uh but on a surface yeah like MK9 without the broken crap is basically where I think MK should be I agree, and I, I feel like that should be the standard. Not not necessarily what it should be, but the standard going forward of, like, this is the base you could build upon. Now, you could, like, go left if you want to go crazy and play MKX again, or go back right to, like, MK9 or MK11 going forward. And that's kind of why I'm curious to see if... This is it for MK11. I, I told myself I wasn't going to judge the game till it's fully out and like we've seen everything it has uh, to at offer. At this point, all I can say is uh, plans have changed. Whatever they were in place, something has changed, almost certainly because of Warner Brothers. Uh, like I only know Whispers and Shadows, so I'm not going to bother going into it, but like whatever the original plans were, they're not happening at this point. Not to say there's no content coming, but uh, whatever was originally the plan, it's not the plan no more. Hmm. Interesting. I just hope that it's not one of those things like, I don't know if you ever, like, you know, I, you always see people talk about games and uh, just movies and all this sort of, like, creative things that we have that, like, back in the, like, once they go later down the line, like, oh, we wanted to do this with this game and this with that game and this and a third. And, I mean, you know, some of it could be because of COVID, but I just hope it doesn't have that case. I hope whatever they're trying to execute actually happens if they can. But uh, who NRS knows? has butted head with Warner Brothers more than once. I'll say that. That's probably a bad sign, especially. I, so, you know how there's obviously the rumor of, uh, you know, Marvel being a thing with NRS. I wonder if that's Warner Brothers or just NRS, like trying to move towards Marvel and get away from Warner Brothers. Then one of the thing with Warner is NRS does not control its own destiny. Warner makes every call and really has to go along. Really that uh. is the nature of the relationship. So it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. That's yeah, like the same thing. Like so many things with Dragon Ball Fighters, and I have to explain to people. Like I bet Arc System Works would love to put in rollback netcode, but they don't get to make that call. That's a Bandai Namco decision. And if Bandai Namco says no, then it's not happening. And I guess Guilty Gear is not under Bandai, obviously, right? Bandai so. Namco is publishing it in Europe, but specifically in like the very literal sense of like we'll take care of like manufacturing, <laughs> distributing the discs. But uh, uh, Guilty Gear Strive is purely an Arc System Works joint. Which no is one else probably has any say in the matter other than Arc System Works. 
which is probably why we actually get Roman Nick Conan is actually great. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, that's why Guilty Gear Strive's looking pretty good because they don't got corporate overlords over their head. Which is super unfortunate. Let's go back to Mortal Kombat a little, real quick. It wasn't really a question I had, but where do you think uh, Shao Kahn's going to be a real actual playable character and not in the beta? Shao Kahn's best chance at this point is if he's a guest character in that Marvel movie. <laughs> Damn, man. I was really looking forward to playing Shao Kahn in MK11, and he just he just wasn't that character. I saw that video on Twitter that you retweeted. That would be an interesting concept if that Dark Priest move gave him all his crushing blows. It'd be interesting, at least. But. I've got... I made so many videos now complaining about Shao Kahn, like... Uh, like there's no more tears left to cry in me, you know? Like, it's just not happening anymore. Like, that's really all I can say. It's, just, it's a weird philosophy with game developers. It's kind of like, not, I don't want to say they're scared, but they, like, they don't want to change the meta in a certain way, I guess, with some characters where they're like, oh, no, this character will be broken if they're somewhat decent. And I feel like oftentimes that's not usually the case, but I don't know. It's just an interesting concept of how they treat certain characters. Uh, with NRS has had a problem with like whiplash basically Mortal Kombat uh, X MKX was widely criticized for overpatching and now they whiplash so hard like MK11 is underpatched basically yeah and I think the whole overpatching thing if MKX was in today's environment people would think it's totally fine like we're definitely moving towards the future with more patches versus less I think yeah, because I mean, even if you like have a bad patch, you could go back and fix it to where you could improve upon certain things. But to I make the games all the time, you revert to to make don't work, you revert. Search a big change and then not touch it for a long time. It kind of gets stagnant, and then the problems are really problems because obviously they're not going to get touched and things of that nature. So it's yeah, it's really interesting to see how like game developers move on and stuff like that. But Rufus uh, Wonger, what I wanted to do at the very beginning is just check in on your mental health because COVID obviously been a thing. You don't really have to talk about that, but just lockdown and how the world is kind of on fire, literally and figuratively. How have you been mentally through all of this, or currently right now? Well, to be fully frank, it doesn't affect me as much as the average person. Uh, I make my money from YouTube, right? So I don't got to go out and work with 20 other people that might get me sick. So that like level of stress is not on my head already. And like at the best of times, to be honest, dude, I'm basically a shut in anyways. I like staying at home. I'm not a go out and party guy, you know, like I don't drink. I don't smoke. None of that stuff. I don't go to the bar. Uh, I'm just as happy being at home. So shit sucks. Sure. And uh, hopefully there's a not a no swearing rule because I just swore. No, go ahead. Bro. Um, but otherwise, it's been not the I definitely have a much better experience than most people right now. I'm sure. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like I, I'm relatively the same way. I don't really smoke. I don't really drink. Uh, I got a gut right now, so I'm really not trying to drink to add to a beer gut or something like that. But it's nice to have that option. Uh, like you could go out and socialize if you want to. But like even when I go out, I I'm not like my friends. Like my friends will go out to the bar and like here in the states, at least my state, they like the bars close at two o'clock, so they like to go and stay out till two o'clock and then be outside a little bit and then start leaving at like three. Like nah, I'll go out 
<clears throat> at like 10 and then like 12 30 at most i'm like all right well, i'm ready to go because like i want to just go home and chill and like i'm always content driven and like motivated so i i just want to do that because I, I, like i've always had that philosophy of it's always going to be there i don't need to chase going out and trying to be the cool guy and party and all this stuff when that's always going to be there i'd rather do that when i can and then want to versus oh God, I don't know if you're like this or you know people like this from like your high school and things of nature. There's some people out there that like that's all they live for, and that's scary to me. Yeah, that, that is not me at all. Also, it helps. Uh, I do live like you know I don't live in a city, right? Like I live in a small town. You leave ten minutes uh, any direction after you're out of town, it's cows and farmers, right? Oh wow! So there ain't no big city attractions for me to go to. Mm. All right, well, shoot, if that's the case, I really don't blame you then. Um, another thing, you might not like it. Yeah, I don't know how you are and how you will react to it. But we got to we gotta put you over, man. We got we to gotta say thank you, at least from me, perspective. Your tips and tricks videos, your, your tutorials, your combo videos really, really helped develop me as a player. I'm not where I want to be, so I'm, I can't really brag that, like, all oh, your tips and tricks. So that's usually on me, though, in my hands. But I feel like I speak for a lot of your fans and your uh, viewers and stuff like that. Thank you for all your tips and tricks videos and tutorials. Like, those help a lot. Especially, even, like, your philosophy videos of, like, what to do with a jumper and what should you be doing on blocking and defense. And of course, I'm speaking from like the Dragon Ball perspective because I think that's I want to say that's how I discovered you. I wish I knew the exact video so I can give you your praise and flowers on that one, but I really don't know. But do, do you yeah, get a lot I, of praise I, for that? I've been around for sure, but Dragon Ball is definitely where I guess yeah, you could say I made my name. I was around before Dragon Ball, and you know, I guess it's a greater discussion we could have or whatever. I'll be around after Dragon Ball too because I think Dragon Ball's a little bit on decline right now, but uh, but yeah, Dragon Ball is definitely where my name, my name. And as for all that, thank you very much. I ain't no. going anywhere. There'll be guides for uh, Guilty Gear. There'll be guides for King of Fighters. Whenever Street Fighter Six shows up, I'll make guides for that. Project L, I'll be making guides for that. Uh, this is probably what I was meant to do. So I've been playing fighting games since 1991. The first time I played Street Fighter Two in the arcade, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm here for the longest possible haul. I love to. I love to hear it. I love to hear it because I. Honestly, like you and Maximilian have kind of been like swaying my eye on King of Fighters because I tried King of Fighters 14. It was all right. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. And then I think obviously the net code too wasn't the greatest thing in the world. But I am uh, curious to see. basically unplayable online. I, I am uh, curious to see. 15, oh, oh, uh, for 15, um, I don't know. We don't know all the mechanics yet. Uh, we have very strong hints. Uh, but 14 or sorry, 15 looks like basically taking 14 as your base and adding some of the better elements of games like 2002 and 13 to it. And I got a very strong feeling this will be like the best King of Fighters in a very long time. So uh, it's a great franchise. It's not as popular, like it's super popular in Asia and like uh, South America, but it's not as popular in North America and Europe. And I hope this one's the one changed around because it is truly a great franchise. I say this so much, it's like a catchphrase at this point, but even a bad King of Fighters game is still better than most good fighting games. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like that's too far off saying that. And I, I feel like it's getting some traction. I feel like what they're what they're doing on the Twitter thing and Twitter feed. I feel like a lot. I've seen a lot God more people. Like, 
ever since Guilty Gear Strive got delayed, like I had a whole like war plan written out, like what my, everything I was going to do for videos and all that. And it getting delayed two months, like totally ruined that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then here comes KO 15. It's like, oh, God, there's something to do every week. God bless you. <laughs> like, like you can get at least one video out a week because of what you guys are doing. And I think they're killing it. Like mindshare wise, like King of Fighters is the only fighting game where stuff is happening every week. Like uh, from a pure advertising marketing perspective, because I'm marketing major, uh, I do. I think they're just doing great. Yeah, because it seems like the hottest commodity that everybody's talking about. Obviously, everybody and Mama's ready and waiting for Guilty Gear Strive with the previous <laughs> beta that they had. But I think, yeah, like you said, KLF is probably the one with the biggest news outlet because obviously MK is still right now. Well, as far as news wise, Dragon Ball is in a good place. They're not really doing anything Tekken. I think they just released a DLC character, but I don't think I've heard anything outside of that. I heard some... there is no official plans after Lydia is my understanding. Really? Wow. Yeah. Not so... announced yet. Anyways, we'll see. But so K- when is KLF uh, but... coming out, though? Uh, this year. OK, how's that? But uh, with Guilty Gear starting it uh, specifically, like I know I want to say a generational shift, but I don't mean like PS4 to PS5 or anything. But there's like a fighting game generational shift happening right now, mm-hmm. starting with Guilty Gear Strive and uh, King of Fighters 15, uh, Melty Blood type Luminas this year as well. Street Fighter 6 will be next year. Uh, Project Al hopefully is next year. Like uh, between Mortal Kombat 11 and Guilty Gear Strive, it's over two years. Wow. Uh, and that's the longest gap. For a major fighting game, and no, Grand Blue does not count as a major fighting game. It's the largest gap between a major fighting game since like the Street Fighter or Revival in 2009. Yeah, because everyone's really, yeah, that's kind of insane how we're kind of going back into so fighting games. They want their new games, and we're going to get at least three like strong entrants this year in Guilty Gear KOF and New Melty Blood. I kind of do want to try that Melty Blood. I never tried one before, but it looks cool. I, I tried Melty Blood for the first time ever last week. Just specifically because the new one will have rollback netcode, and I'm going to support it purely on that. Hi, what did you think of it? It's okay. One, one thing I learned about Melty Blood very fast is it doesn't come with a tutorial. Really? So I had to sink or swim real fast. <laughs> uh, but I like it. Uh, it's kind of got like um, at least at the very newbie level, which I played it at, like Marvel, like ABC launch, ABC spike down, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's the moon system where every character is basically like a Capcom versus SNK groove. Every character is three different characters with different movesets based on the moon type you pick. Oh, so, so yeah, I thought I thought that the moons were like something that happened during the game. It's what you pick at the start. Really? OK, I get the start and they all like um, like it just completely changes how the characters played. That's interesting. Maybe that's why I don't think a lot of people thought there was going to be a lot of characters at the start. I think it's going to be a, like relatively every small. Every character is three characters. So, well, yeah, obviously that makes sense now that uh, every character is three characters. Because what, what is it like a, a half moon, a full moon and uh, I, eclipse or something like that? I, 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 exact terminology. <laughs> I was going to say a quarter moon, but <laughs> I didn't think yeah. that was the right thing to say. Um, well, speaking of Guilty Gear, uh, wh- what are your thoughts? Obviously, the, the thing was going to change before the game was going to come out, and we saw a little bit of teasers of that at that Japanese uh, like arcade that they have. Do you think that some of those changes will be in- implemented in this beta that's happening this weekend, or what do you think about yes, that? Yes, I expect all those changes and probably more. I just hope they 
kind of changed Giovanna a little bit. Maybe add something. I, I don't really know what to add to her, but maybe make her DP invincible. I, I really don't know. I, I just hope they kind of tease her, like change a few things with her to make her uh, a little I'd bit like better. To, I've told many people, uh, arc system works right now. Uh, and it's a whole new age of like being receptive to the audience, especially mm-hmm. from the Japanese front. Uh, maybe not so much interest Japanese front, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they are truly listening. They're truly taking advice and like going with it, right? So mm-hmm. for Giovanna, I can't specifically speak. She's not my character. Like I don't play rushdown characters. Uh, I like people who either have big buttons or grapplers. Those are usually what I associate with. Uh, but you know they're taking all the feedback. People complain about jumps, and now all of a sudden, okay, jumps are going to be easier to deal with. Go from there, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I at this re- point and juncture, I have nothing but complete and full confidence in Arxis because they're not giving me any reason to doubt. And I, something that I didn't know too about like the game until I, I didn't. So I played. I th- I think I had a terrible, I'm not gonna lie. That first beta, I had a terrible experience with. I think I played like maybe one game and I waited a half hour because the lobby system and how I was delayed based neck code and all that shit. Like, I had a terrible experience that one. The second one, I had a lot of fun, but. I would get like pokes with Giovanna, like like jab jab. Couldn't really do anything after that. I didn't realize that you could do jab jab into like there's, uh, I think it's command normal. Like I didn't know I could do that into six P and get like so like literally that helped my offense. But just watching her play, I obviously I started looking up like uh, the the best probably will be the best Giovanna if he sticks with the Kazunoko because I saw some gameplay on that and I'm like okay let me see what he does and uh, see how he plays it but it was just a lot of pokes and then he was kind of setting things up but it was his main gameplay of getting in was just the pokes and I was just like man because her normals didn't really lead to a whole lot from when I played her I, I played her and I played Kai in the beta who did you play in the second beta uh, in the second beta oh uh, it's a combination of what I played on stream and like what I was doing for YouTube. Because for YouTube, I was playing everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like I basically didn't sleep <laughs> to make sure I can get some videos out. So I was playing everyone. But for the proper uh, streaming, when I'm playing online, I played Potemkin. That went well. And uh, now apparently I'm one of the big name Potemkins because basically everyone who stepped up the bat got swapped down, right? Yeah. And uh, I played Leo a bit. I've never played Leo before in my life. Uh, I like Guilty Gear, but my uh, experience with Guilty Gear is the older games. And like, I'm not even talking Accent Core, right? I'm talking like X2, Reload, Slash. Oh, wow. Like, to me, Accent Core is still a new, quote-unquote, Guilty Gear, right? Because I never played it. Because that was after I stopped playing. But whatever. Um, so I never had... I got no experience with Leo at all. And uh, I went in, and I apparently, going by the people in the chat, I play Leo very different from everybody else. You're not a gorilla. Because uh, I play Leo like... Um, <laughs> I basically try to play Leo like a very aggressive version of Guile in Street mm-hmm. Fighter, right? Mm-hmm. And so when uh, that Leo nerf happened and he couldn't get the combo from the cross-up and everyone's crying bloody murder, and I'm just like, whatever, I didn't use that move anyways. Like, that was not part of my offense. <laughs> I was just about to ask you about uh, that. Like, what did you think of the changes? Like, as me who, uh, I, like, I play Leo in the beta and, like, legit, I, I only use the cross-up sparingly enough, like, to the point when people would forget it existed. Otherwise, I played... This strong stream control uh, aisle, basically, because uh, his projectile game with the characters that existed in the beta as it stood is unmatched. Like, no one can out zone uh, Leo. Like, you can get around it by jumping, sure, but if you just want to get in a fireball war, you cannot beat him. And especially, so like, I just playing him like Guile. 
especially I think it's the YRC system. I'm relatively new to Guilty Gear, but uh, it's not YRC in stride. But yeah, you can just do like a heavy uh, projectile that's four hits of durability, RC out, and just run behind it and go from there. Okay, well, the RC, yeah, 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 and that that was super strong. Just did all that creativity that some people had with uh, Leo, and it's actually funny too because like one of my homeboys that we got a bet, like we've been talking super spicy in the group chat that he's gonna play Leo. I think he might play either Leo or Soul, and I, I gotta beat him. I, so if you want to drop a tips and tricks videos the first day or something like that, I gotta beat him. Uh, my hope is I get uh, an early copy from Arxis. Not because I want an early copy, like for the usual reasons, just literally to get a head start on work. So I can get like get the combo guides out like a day earlier or something like that, right? Like that's really all I care about. Cause I will definitely be needing that. What did you think? Cause they kind of announced that they're not really gonna I guess they added a round, so it's gonna be first to three when you're playing. And they're we'll like see. like who knows? Like there's a lot of contention about that, but yeah. And then they're talking about like they're going to keep the damage the same. And I, I like them for being transparent. I, I can't really be too upset if you're going to be honest about what you want to do and how you feel like the game should be played. Like so their uh, developing uh, developer backyards are pretty informative. Like I'm personally a big fan of the high damage. Not everyone is, but like they're just saying like, OK, we're willing to bend on so many things, but like high damage specifically, that's the vision of the game. Like that's what we want the game to be. So maybe we'll tweak some things, but like it's gonna be a high damage game. So that's not changing. Yeah, I'm not too mad at it. I uh, it was and it was also really satisfying when you got those combos. Uh, granted, like you know, if you only make two mistakes, some people could die, especially with Potemkin. And like, yeah, I fun. feel like, I feel bad if you play Chip against him. <laughs> but like, if you ever play a lot of 3D fighters, like you know, I played so much Virtual Fighter in my life. Two mistakes is what you get. Mm. Like, and that's very normal to me. Is a uh, get two mistakes then that's the next then you go on to the next round done that is true that is true what is your favorite type of video to make um uh it's hard because like there's like from the the personal perspective and the work perspective like from a work perspective it's news because news videos take the least amount of time like it's it's usually be up like 5 a.m on japan time or something to get the news (laughs) so i'm tired but like it only takes the time to make it. That's it. Versus like, uh, I've been doing a lot of lore videos lately and like uh, other side videos. And I, uh, from personal perspective, I love making those. Those are like three, four days of effort for like a 10 minute video. Yeah, I, I believe you know? it. Because actually, so I like those oh, personally, ahead. but uh, they'll, they'll, those don't pay the bills like the news videos do, right? So I saw your Eno video. And you was talking about how like her bizarre passes and how she's like the main boss, which I didn't even know you know was the main boss because like this is gonna be, I I bought Rev Two and I played Red Two and I played Plus R, but Strive is technically my first Guilty Gear of like I right, I'm with the community when they first get in and play it, so this is gonna be my very first one. And when I watched your Eno video, I watched the Bridget video. And then I started doing this deep dive into like, I think it was Wooly's video of Guilty Gear and the history of Guilty Gear. And like, I was just fascinating about how like their gear, like souls of gear and things of that nature. And I was just like, wow, Guilty Gear story is kind of sick. There's a lot to it too. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. So I wonder how this story is going to be, especially with the new characters. I'm actually kind of interested. I can tell you, uh, this is not like insider info because it's in the press release they send me every month. 
this is the epic conclusion to the Guilty Gear story to this date. Wow. Not to say there won't be more story in the future, but like the whole that man saga will meet its conclusion in Guilty Gear Strive. This oh. is something I don't see anywhere other than the press release they send me, but there you go. Hopefully we see them. Maybe we even get to see the DLC characters in that story mode too. That'd be kind of cool if they could implement it like Street Fighter. Well, if it's anything like Exard, uh, whatever, which characters you see in the story mode that aren't playable, but they have full models, expect those to be the DLC. Okay, heard that. I will definitely look forward to that. Um, like you were saying, I do YouTube as well. And yeah, I, I, I don't think I can do a video like you do, but... My very favorite type of videos that I've done are the news videos because I could just turn on the camera and start talking and put, maybe put some like fighting game footage in the background. Uh, like that's a nice video to do. I hate editing stream highlights. I, I love playing on stream and playing viewers and stuff yeah, like that. But it's a real killer. Like to me, it's like, oh, you play video games for a living? No, I play Filmora editor for a living. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, what do you edit on? Uh, Filmora? Oh, Filmora. Because uh, to me, Filmora is the cheapest professional editor and unlike you know some of the bigger ones there's no recurring subscription fee you just buy it and you're done so i'm not mad at that i'll be the first to say i'm not a good editor right uh uh i just get in there i'm a workman like editor i get in there do what needs to be done feel more is exactly good for that but like some of the things you do is like I think for your combo videos, if I remember off the top of my head, like you type out full paragraphs and things of that nature. And I know that takes a while to edit, like just t- typing and <laughs> writing all the words on there. That's the way I do it. I, I'm the only person who does it that way. I, I I get a lot of feedback on both ends of that. Some people love it because like if like some people are like, why aren't the notations there? I'm like, dude, just check the video description. I notate everything in the video description. And if you play the game at any, you know, any amount of proficiency, you can just eyeball the combo. You don't need the notes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so some people love the additional context behind the idea of the combo. And some people just only want the info, nothing else. So but overall, it seems to work. Like uh, the combo videos I do usually do pretty decent. So I, I'll just keep trucking on the way I do it. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. And also, I mean, I guess it would be better for you to have give them that option rather than not have it and then they want it. So like if you it's there if you want it and then if yeah, you don't you want it, you just yeah. gotta click show more at the end of the video, like a little uh, blurb. You click show more. All right, here's everything else, and here's like 20 paragraphs of combo notation. There you go. I don't blame that at all. I don't blame that at all. Now, something I wanted just kind of I guess if this will be the halftime, if you will. You're a wrestling fan, no? Right? Uh, yes, sir. A very big wrestling fan. So I'm not going to talk to you about WWE now because it's not really in the greatest state. Uh, like, I, oh. me and my uncle, we watch the wrestling pay-per-views together. And to be honest with you, a lot of the matches blur together. Like, I can probably tell you the at least the past two or three years, I couldn't really tell you my favorite, like, WWE wrestling match. But who are some of your favorites growing up? And, like, wrestlers? Uh, my earliest memory in life is Hulk Hogan. Okay. So that's there. <laughs> uh, growing up, a lot of my, like, beside, like, anyone my age, Hulk Hogan was your favorite. That was it, right? Like, mm-hmm. if Hulk Hogan told me to rob a bank, I would. He was <laughs> Um But besides that, I uh, loved a lot of the big boys. Like, this, this is a lifelong thing. So uh, Earthquake, Tugboat, Yokozuna, Big Van Vader. Wow. A lot of those guys. Uh, animal and hawk the road warriors big fans of them 
I definitely had like a WWE action figure of Animal, and I think Hawk too. I lost the Hawk, but I definitely had Animal. I remember that one. Yeah, I actually got to find a sheet from Animal and Hawk right before Animal passed, or uh, no, before Hawk passed. No shit. I guess Animal passed now too. Which if you're nuts? a wrestler in the eighties and you abuse, abuse steroids, you know, forty-five is about your life expectancy, right? Wait, when? When? when like fifty. When did he pass? Because he just did the Dark Side of the Ring like two years ago. Uh, it was like six months ago or so. No shit. I did not know that. Have you ever seen that Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, yes, I watched all of them. Man, which okay, which one's your favorite? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Like, uh, like Benoit was my favorite wrestler when all that shit went down. So yeah. like, that's so that one's really in there. Um I like the one they did on the Brawl for All and just what a big F up that was. <laughs> Vince Russo just being petty as hell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they just like if you if you're more than just like the most casual level wrestling fan, you got to accept a lot of the evil that's in wrestling, right? Like got to be able to disassociate. Cuz otherwise nothing works anymore. Well, just off of like wrestling is such a weird concept because if you would have told someone hey i need you to work 300 days a year and travel all over the world and you're only traveling to work and then also hurt your body for a good you know maybe an hour hour and a half but like fuck up your body you would never do it and then in this ideal realistic world it's like oh yeah but it's wrestling and you're like oh well yeah i love wrestling so like i appreciate the sport and like the art of it but yeah wrestlers go through a lot and not to mention like the dark side of the rings they cover the 70s and 80s where steroids were a thing and coke was a thing and my goodness i think some of my favorites like the awa and just Mm -hmm. all the madness behind the scenes there I feel like somebody needs to do a documentary of like Vince McMahon literally just buying out his competition. The day he dies, that will start. Yeah, I was I was definitely thinking that too. Like, the only problem is of all the people alive in human history, if anyone was going to be immortal, Vince McMahon is going to be that guy. If I was going to be a, if I was in purgatory, right, and like in purgatory, just say hypothetically speaking, go go with me here, Rolf, go with me. But say like you can see who goes to heaven and hell. I feel like Vince is going to be one of those people that teeter on that line for a long ass no, time. Dude, dude, dude. Vince is going to hell and he's going to run it in under a year. They're going to book the devil versus Satan or something like that. But here's the thing. His mom is still alive. She's 101 and super active. God bless her heart. So if that's the kind of genes he has, you know, he's around for a long time to come. So, okay, I don't know if you can answer this question for me, but now I'm curious. Vince, like his father ran wrestling, correct? And what did he own? Yes. Like what territory did he own? Did he actually have a territory? He ran the Northeast Territory. So that was WWE or WWF. Oh, okay. So he started out at Worldwide Wrestling Foundation. Yeah. So back when America was like split into the territories, well, and Canada and Mexico too. But so he ran the Northeast Territory. Uh, When he was dying, he said, Vince, please promise me you won't run everyone else out of business. Vince said, yes. (laughs) And within like five years, he ran everyone out of business. Wow. Because was Vince only in wrestling? No, he had to have done something else to have all that money to where you could just go buy everybody. Like, eh. well, he, in- he inherited the company, right? So, like, uh, inherited like under the auspices of like the in, uh, stewardship of Gorilla Monsoon. 
so he kind of guided him but like he got all the the corporate money so like he didn't need to bring in his own like vince until he was in wrestling he made a lot of bonehead decisions like he wanted so bad to be like a boxing promoter and like had very limited success with that and all that like so like when it was officially when like things changed and all of a sudden he like runs crockett out of business so hard crockett has to sell to turner and that becomes wcw he destroys Vern Gagne and the AWA. Like, it's a whole thing. And what's crazy, too, is like now, because all I knew growing up was WWE. Like, I think, like, if you grew up at all on like anywhere but like, uh, I, I don't know what you call it in America, but like, you know, the South, I guess, like, all you would know is WWE because they bought all the TV deals. Yeah, because I remember WCW, but I I never checked for it. And I mean, I'm 26, so I'm like kind of past that, I guess, when I was. But now being older, AEW is like dope. I love watching New Japan. I never I know. I do not watch Raw or SmackDown anymore. I couldn't. I only watch AEW. I couldn't. I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't think it's realistic to, to be a wrestling fan and do that. Like, if you realistic, I would call you crazy if you told me, yeah, I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch NXT, I watch 205 Live, and I watch Pay-Per-View. That's like 10 plus hours of wrestling. Yeah, that's too much. Way too much. Much, especially for like, what it uh, is news that broke uh, as of yesterday um as i'm canadian myself so AEW is now the most watched wrestling promotion in canada AEW beats raw and smackdown in canada hopefully they do a canada tour then that's good i know they were competing they were until COVID happened ah oh damn i know they were competing with nxt as far as viewership they were both nxt was getting i think around oh ever since they switched nights no no it turns oh. out basically everyone who watches NXT watches AW, and no one who watches AW watches NXT. There, I forgot what so Twitter yeah, account. They split nights. And there's no more close ratings. Okay, huh? Because I know I was following a Twitter account, and I think like each week, like AEW would have seven hundred thousand, and then like TNA or NXT would have like seven hundred thousand and one or something. Like they were relatively always close. So that's good to see that they switch nights and AEW's okay. beaten NXT every single week except for three. Mm. That's really good. I love AEW for I don't love what they're AEW, doing too. Now that they moved and they're well NXT moved to get away from AEW and now AEW is roughly pulling over a million every week. Good for them. Good for them. Especially like I love the fact that they can have the wrestlers on Impact Wrestling. Like Impact's not what it was, but the fact that they could go to these different promotions and do these different wrestling matches is great. And like that's what you want to see. So it's like, and why would I working together? But WWE. Why wouldn't you want to go? And then I, I don't know. If, did you see that a few weeks ago where Chris Jericho was on the Broken Scroll? So everybody's like, Oh my God, this means WWE. No, no, it don't mean WWE and AEW working together. It's no. just. This man just the podcast is its own thing, like. Mm-hmm. But I guess Stone Cold had to ask uh, Vince McMahon permission, so he's dangling that little string in front of all the WWE fans that want them to work with AEW. But he's not going nowhere with it. Um, Jericho's like fifty-one now or something. Like he's in the twilight of his career. <laughs> yeah, then God bless him for never getting injured too. So that's yeah, at least not injured as badly as other people. Yeah, I guess he said he had no major injuries and stuff like that. Who are some of your favorite AEW wrestlers? Uh, big fan of Darby Allen. Okay. Uh, big fan of Jurassic Express. Uh, Miro, but like I love Rusev. Like that's just transferring the love. 
So he was always good. Um, like a lot of the originals are very good. Like that's why I'm kind of one of the few things I don't like about AEW is they brought Christian in. It's like I like Christian, but like I every time Christian's on TV, that means less time for Jungle Boy. That means less uh, time for you know. Like I see what you're saying. Okay, that's fair. Which is like, I watched TNA back in the day too, and that was the exact problem TNA had is every time they bring in Christian, every time they bring in Steiner, every and Steiner was good. Don't get me wrong, but. Every time they bring in Booker T, Ric Flair, that's less time for AJ Styles. That's less time for Samoa Joe, right? Like, hmm. So then you're probably opposed for them because pretty much I think any literally anyone that gets you know released or their contract expires, they want everybody and their mama to go to AEW, which I was kind of here for. But now that you put it in that perspective, I guess they can't really build no new superstars if they continue yeah. to use the older people. So would you I want Daniel no Bryan? With older people at all, like. I'm an older person too, right? But um, uh, I, uh, the the originals are what bring in. Like the whole reason I liked TNA originally was like, oh my god, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, these guys rule. And there are there were a couple like bringing in Christian for TNA was smart. Bringing in Kurt Angle for TNA was smart. Bringing in Booker T was dumb. Bringing in Ric Flair and Hogan and Bischoff were dumb, right? You can bring in a few old hands to help, but like otherwise, like you're like MJF is the guy who should be carrying that company. If he ever gets pushed aside because of like Roman Reigns joins AEW or some bullshit, like that'd be a travesty. Yeah, because like I said, that, that is probably like the biggest star that they kind of built, huh? I would say. And I know well, him. That's the thing. Like so many, like Orange Cassidy has such appeal, and uh, not, not. I guess that was a dumb uh, joke because Orange peels, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like Orange Cassidy, Darby's such a hit with the kids. Uh, like they got so many good stars that are young too. That you can build your company off of, so don't throw it away just to get the old leftovers. You know, mm-hmm. I do hope Daniel Bryan goes there. I feel like because even John Moxley's killing it. Like I, I, I enjoy. Yeah, see, like he's a great example. Like he's one of the guys, and he was also basically there from the start, right? Mm-hmm. He was there before the TV show started. He was there on the pay per views. So he's good there. He's good, like a name to help prop, just like Jericho. Jericho was a name to help prop the company. But just don't get everyone who leaves. Like even Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan. But if he shows up, that's less time for, you know, someone else who is an original. But if they could, you know, say maybe I know it probably hurts and hinders Bryan's career. But if you could put him with original and maybe have him put him over or have a good feud, just that helps, too. As long yeah, as they, they use could. it well. But this is this is the dumb stuff. I think too much about when I'm not working, basically. No, I mean, everybody's a wrestling fan. I feel like everybody was a wrestling fan at a point. I I would call you a liar if you said you were never a wrestling fan at one point. But, you know, wrestling appeals like even the people who decry it. Like, that's why on Twitter every now and then I post wrestling spots that take our like great feats of athleticism. Like, oh, yeah, wrestling's fake. You know, just to highlight yo wrestling kind of rules and you should pay attention. And I like I knew it was. But I was like, nah, like you gotta respect him. And now watching Dark Side of the Ring, no, you really gotta respect him. Like I don't care what you say, like you're still putting your body on the line. And some of these wrestlers get fucked up, and they're they're just hey, not those the, are the same. Wrestlers that make it, dude. Like, <laughs> how many people are killing themselves for like fifty bucks and a hot dog? Man, <laughs> with ten people saying you suck, and oh my and, god! I'm like I live in a very small town again, right? So I, but we still get those guys. So it'll be like. 20 people at the the memorial center and the guys will build a cage and jump 30 feet onto the friggin' hard floor and like i'll and turns out oh they made 45 bucks 
<laughs> and probably somebody won't even record it, so it could be a Twitter viral clip either. So oh, nobody no, saw no. it. <laughs> Ever since uh, before he rebuilt himself, I saw Jake the Snake wrestle. Uh, he was drunk and high. He pissed his pants in the ring, and uh, it was a whole mess. I was gonna say there was a video of him that went famous, and actually he's supposed to get uh, Dark Side of the Ring too uh, this season. Like uh, he's done enough like substance abuse in his life to kill ten people. And yet he's still walking. He's clean now, thank God for it, and good on him. But like, shout out I to saw Dallas. Him at his lowest point. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dallas Diamond Page for that one. Um, also, speaking of indie circuit, uh, do you know who Nick Gage is? Yes, Nick F and Gage. He's getting one next week. And is he? Oh, okay. yeah. No, no. He he's getting the dark side of the ring next week. I I seen it a little bit. I watched some of his highlights. I don't know where they're gonna take this one. This one's gonna be. Fucking scary, honestly. <laughs> Especially with oh. David David Arqueta and how he almost killed him. And Nick Gage is a yeah. wild <laughs> well, individual. The one on New Jack and it's like smiling the day away. All like, oh yeah, I did all these like legally, like legally, it's just criminal assault. Those in <laughs> wrestling, so got away with it. <laughs> and the, his outro story of him smoking crack and saying "fuck y'all" in the wheelchairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's it's weird who like God decides to bless and keep and I don't know life is an interesting thing and speaking of life and just interesting you kind of tease it a little bit with your favorite games and things of the nature but we want to know the origin story of you and like how you got into fighting games or how you got into the FGC because that's also something I'm curious about too did you ever compete as well I guess it's a two part question for you but uh, yeah well uh, first of all like I remember, God, I would have been very young, but like late 80s, I played like Fighting Street, like the original Street Fighter. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, this game sucks. <laughs> and then uh, moving on to 91, when the arcade gets Street Fighter 2, and like, oh, this game rules, right? And uh, like, at least for me, like I grew up watching a lot of Kung Fu movies, a lot of karate movies, all that kind of stuff. Like my favorite movie of all time is Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. That movie is basically a proto fighting game, right? You know, like illicit underground fighting game or uh, fighting tournament, all that stuff. So, like, as soon as I saw Street Fighter 2, that was it. Like, I, I've been all in ever since, and it's never stopped. Mm. Um, as for, like, a competitive aspect, I try. Like, um, the most I've ever competed was, like, original Street Fighter 4 and MKX. But, like, once again, I live in the middle of nowhere, Canada. It's all around. I've done very well for myself, like, placing. But to be real... Um, if it doesn't happen like in New York, Japan, or California, no one cares about your tournament results. So, you know, that's yeah, I, I guess I could kind of see that point because I guess evil was also that the was biggest thing. Uh, conversation many years ago, but like people said, if you're trying to quote unquote build your name in the FGC, and it's like, oh, do you have an advantage if you're born in California or New York or if you live there? And uh, yeah, you do. That's true. Uh, God, if I lived in like New York or California, I'd probably be as big as Maximilian these days. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do my best. Um, I don't think there's anyone else that lives in a town, an area as small as mine, that's quote unquote got a name. Um, but I've definitely worked my butt off to do that. And God bless the internet, because without the internet, that would not be possible. Uh, the yeah. internet turbocharged a lot of fighting games, that's for sure. But yeah, I've done my time at this point. It's less how good I am and more what I know, I guess, my ability to teach others. 
like uh, I had a moment a couple years ago that really messed with me, and like it's like I know I can be very good, but like I just don't get the opportunity. Like I, I went to CEO uh, 2019, okay, I think 2020, well, before the pandemic, right, 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 and um, that cost me like two and a half thousand dollars to go there. Ooh. Like, small town Ontario to Florida, and like I don't make that kind of money. Like I was an eye opener. I'm like, wow, okay. This is not something I could sustain if I want to hit every tournament, especially if you like, I'm sure you did well, but even if you say hypothetically went four and two, is it really worth the $250,000? No, like unless you are second or first, like you don't make your money back. Like, like at least for me, if you're local, whatever. Right. But Mm -hmm. I know that like, so at this point it's like, it's just less how good I am. Like I still want to maintain good and like realistically, you know, I'm still in the top percentage, right? Like, I'll still make my waves and my names. Like, I'll just do it on stream more. Not to say I'm the best of all time, but, like, you know, there's a reason I know what I'm talking about, right? There's a reason people pay attention, because if I didn't know what I was doing, like, I guess I wouldn't have took off, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, at this point, it's just more or less competitive. Like, I'll enter online Evo, though, for Guilty Gear Strive, because I don't have to leave my house, so I'll do that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's just more about teaching the next generation rather than trying to climb the top of my, the mountain myself now. And who knows? You might teach someone that could be on top of a mountain someday. Like, you never oh, know. Maybe. Hopefully you give me a kickback if I do. <laughs> <laughs> give you a little shout out with your tips and tricks video. Um, What was I going to ask? Now, since you talked about old school and since you talked about playing fighting games for all this time are you one of those people that like oh like back in my day fighting games were how do you feel about the current state of fighting games like where they're i guess simplified those people okay i'm gonna get so real here hang on a second go ahead man go ahead so they're total losers i have no respect for them at all these guys don't want new stuff they don't want change they only want the same broken garbage because realistically all the old games you grew up playing were broken garbage and would not be acceptable today at all so the people who only want it to be how, like how it was, I don't got a second to spare for you. Hmm. I was, that was, that was a spicy take. I wasn't ready for that one, but I like that. One. I, I deal with these people so much all the time and like legit, you just, they just don't want anything new. And like, it's all cyclical too. Like the people complaining about like uh, guilty gear strive who are guilty gear exard players, like spoiler warning. You say guilty gear strives, the game for babies, dumbed down all that stuff. Yo, Guilty Gear Exard was the dumbed down for babies game compared to the X2 series. It's the same thing. It always happens. When Dragon Ball Fighter 2 comes out, people are going to be like, oh, this game's so garbage compared to old Dragon Ball Fighters. There's no real skill compared to old DBFZ. DBFZ was where it's at. DBFZ 2 is garbage. Like, I just hate that stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And then, like, move on with your life if that's not what you want because you're not getting it especially with dragon ball i i kind of like how it's if you want to you know grab your controller and headbutt it and do some cool shit or do some some something like a level one or easy combo target combo whatever like you can do that but if you want to be a high level elite player you gotta put some work in and i I like where it's like all right i have a goal and i could reach this because of this fighting game some fighting games before like it was like i can't even do a simple combo because it's hard sure but like that kind of hardness like i was made i made a capcom versus snk2 video the other mm-hmm. day right and vice is one of my main characters back in the day when i was playing a lot and i'm like wow this game had no input leniency so i can barely do my double half circle back motions anymore 
And like, that's not a good thing. It's a good thing input leniency got made. Like it's like, mark my words, Street Fighter V, right? One of the most vilified fighting games of all time. When Street Fighter VI comes out, people are gonna be like, oh my God, Street Fighter V was so much better. <laughs> and like, they won't even know what they're talking about. They'll just make up whatever. Like, it's gonna be the conversation. And like, it's just, I hate how that goes. And it's, it always goes that way. Because also, like, I, I want to fight my opponent and like think of the higher level strategies it takes to beat them and some some fighting games back in the day at least with me and I was like I'm not a high level player so I can't really talk my shit like that or feel that way but like I was fighting the game before I was even fighting my opponent and like now that I've been playing some of these fighting games now and I, I am getting like better as I play more I, I I actually could fight my opponent. Like, all right, what are my phone is going to do on Oki and what he's going to do here and stuff like that. Mechanics. Exactly. Exactly. Like some people want one frame links back and those people should not be allowed to be in the public discourse. (laughs) You're dangerous and dumb and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No place. Like there's so many old things of like mechanical difficulty don't belong in modern fighting games. And they, I will not respect anyone's opinion if they think that's the way it is. Because they probably don't know what they're talking about anyways, and they just want the old days for whatever reason, right? But, like, ability is a very good thing. Especially, not to mention, as a lot of people fail to realize that, motherfucker, you want one-frame links because you were playing offline. If I could play this game offline, that's a, that's a different state, but it's not realistic, especially in the pandemic and things of that nature. Like, oh, most like, of these games are online. I, I play tons of Street Fighter Four offline, I learned all my one frame links and that, that shit took forever. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I, I played half the cast because that's what that's what I do. Right. So and like, OK, here's my able one frame links. Here's my rose one frame links. So this rose combo has two two frame links and one one frame link in it. Like that shit needs to die. Like. Yeah. That, that level of mechanical difficulty has no place in modern fighting games like. If you want difficulty, the difficulty is fighting the other guy who's trying to kick your ass. That's what the difficulty is not using the controls. I agree. And that's what it should be. Hopefully, I guess, because then we've, we've seen like where strive is taking, you know, little pun intended strives. And like, some people don't feel like that with MK 11, I guess it really just depends on the game and the developer. But honestly, I like where a lot of fighting games are going. Like I feel like Tekken seven's fun. I feel like strives fun Uh, to me. I do have fun in Mortal Kombat 11. Some people don't because like, obviously we came off of X as far as Mortal Kombat games go. So I can see why you say that, but yeah, I, I feel like games are in a good state. What was your original goal with YouTube? Like, did you think it would get this far? Well, my original goal, like I have videos going back many years before, like I did it as a thing. Like I, I would make guides for injustice or like whatever, uh, just, just to make them. Like I had no intention of making a dime off YouTube. Right. Uh, and keep in mind too, like I, I do not make a lot of money on YouTube. I make roughly the equivalent, if not even a little less than minimum wage here in Ontario. Although thankfully I have a very low cost lifestyle. So that helps. Uh, so yeah, I don't make the big bucks is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I did it for fun for a long time. And then, um, basically like a timeline of events. I worked for a company, a company got sold. They fired everyone. I started my own computer repair business because I've been doing it on the side for years. Hmm. And after a few years, the computer repair business was kind of sliding down and like, okay, at some point this is not going to keep going. So, uh, I threw a lot of irons in the fire and one of them was YouTube. Uh, I started with for honor which is like not technically a fighting game, but I t- came at it like 
what if you come at this game with a fighting game mindset? Because I bet a lot of people won't. And did very good. Well, not very good, but like didn't well enough to like, okay, I did that. Uh, then like Tekken 7 and Justice 2 came out. I started making lots of videos and guides and all that for that. And it got me to like two and a half thousand subscribers. Uh, then Marvel Infinite came out. And that was like my big break. And I got to like all, just about 10K subscribers from that. And then Dragon Ball. And then we go on to the future from there. Hmm. Wow. That's kind of impressive. Yeah, it? it was basically my business isn't doing so great because, you know, computer repair business in a small <laughs> technologically illiterate town. I basically took it as far as it could go. Oh, God. One second here. Computer, no, you're good. Stop. <laughs> There you go. My Alexa, I have it set to that word instead of Alexa. Oh, wow. <laughs> Star Trek, you know, we say that word and whatever. So that's pretty cool. So it just went crazy there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was like one of the things like if life changed, I could be an Etsy manager right now instead. Right. That was one of the other things I tried. Uh, but YouTube's where it is and uh, very thankful for it, even though there's very rough days because it's not all. Like, I don't run the kind of channel where it's just clips of my Twitch, right? Uh, when people say people on YouTube have it easy, I think of those guys because the, the I've done that a few times and it's literally like half an hour of my day and then I have the rest of my day free. Uh, but <laughs> there's rough days, but whatever. I'm still glad to do it. And I'm doing because it's my true passion. My, my whole life has been fighting games. So I'm just rambling at this point. But yeah. No, I mean, I get it because like, shoot, I'm talking like a 20 minute gameplay video and it's, you know, it's a gameplay video, so it shouldn't be too hard. But sometimes it takes three hours to edit. Then you got to think of a clever title. (laughs) Then you got to make the thumbnail and then it takes all this process. You're not playing games for a living. You're playing video editing for a living. (laughs) Secondary. (laughs) Not to mention, too, like, I swear, I'm sure this has happened to you videos that are like well thought out you execute it you did everything right don't really get the love and attention that it should and deserves then some basic i i don't know if i really want to upload this video but i'm gonna just do whatever the bare minimum and it goes crazy and everybody loves it and you're like i don't understand i, I don't know how to do this <laughs> Hang on, i'm gonna link you something here and you can check it but i'll talk over it too just so you can see on your end what i'm talking okay. about Oh, I've, I've made so many giant guys of like multiple days, sometimes weeks of effort, and they underperform, and I'm very sad. And then there's this very specific video for Ultra Instinct Goku when he came out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I need a video for him fast because he's out, and this video is here basically to buy time for a day for me to get the combo video out, right? So people have some sort of UI Goku content before I put up the com- the combo video, and uh, this is like I think my second or third best video ever. This took me maybe all things told an hour to make and it's got like over 300k views wow and it's just literally hey here's ui goku walking forward that's the video (laughs) and there's videos i've killed myself on uh and just got no return on it basically for the effort and then i always think of this which took no effort no timing no nothing and so basically youtube's not fair youtube is not a meritocracy that's just not how it works. Especially with a search engine and like, like there's some people that'll get, I think I put up a short, right? 
because I've seen now shorts are doing relatively well on uh, YouTube. And I mean, I don't know if you have extra spare time, but if you want to, if you create shorts, I think they'll blow up really. Uh, just from my small channel, like each short is getting like a thousand views or something like that. And uh, like I average like 10. But I put up a short and I was like, good bait. And I think in my mind, I was like, I think he's going to try to like, it was a dog go home player. And I think he's going to try to do advancing one of his normal. So I'm going to just bait it. And I backdash and I punished it. And I was like, oh, I was hype. I was having fun on the game. And I was like, good bait, good bait. And you know how YouTube is. They're like, man, all you did was a simple backdash. I was like, yeah, but I knew in that situation that he was going to do something that was advancing forward. And I was going to bait the backdash and I called it out. So I was like, yo, let me be happy in the YouTube video if I did what I said. But. Just because I titled it Game Bait. Fighting Games 101. Ah, yeah. YouTube. I don't know. It's like YouTube got away from the creators and it just went to strictly algorithm and like, can you fit this niche for Uh, like this time space? That is the word I hate the most in my life is algorithm. That word rules my life. Man. At this point, because I'm going to start streaming again uh, regularly when uh, Strive comes out, I might open like Rufal Clips channel and just do the shorts. Just, uh-huh. just because of the algorithm, I won't do it on the main channel. Like that'll be the more news and uh, quote unquote prestige videos. I'll do it. Why not? Screw it. Right? Might as well try. Uh, you can just try and see how it works out. Um, I think they love to give a tip of advice. I think they love it more if you put it. Uh, so you know, nineteen twenty by ten eighty is like a regular standard video. If you flip that and make it where it's more of a like video that you can see on your phone i guess and it fits that screen that's what they like yeah. so just a word of advice and then hashtags are good too i uh i wanted to make a clips channel but i was like my i have right now like 300 subscribers so i was just like i might as well just keep it on this channel and see how it does and it's helped my channel a lot and i think if i ever do reach a thousand to where i could get youtube partnered i would just create a ch- clips channel over there because it, it makes no sense of me dividing my small number and making it even exactly. smaller. Like I already got my established channel, so if mm-hmm. I ever do it, I just do a side channel, right? Right, so. right. And that's how I feel, too. Was there ever that's important- one thing, too. These days, uh, to get your channel off the ground, it's harder than when I started. Like, uh, when I wanted to get serious about YouTube, I was already eligible to be partnered. Because I was oh, already wow. making videos for years on the side, right? So I already had all their requirements. And the requirements were way less strict back then they're like what they're i don't know the exact number but they're much harder now than it was when i got the partnership i think it's uh four thousand hours and a thousand subscribers yeah it it was not that (laughs) that was definitely not that when i got it yeah because there was a point in time when like so i technically started this podcast uh five years ago but I ended up taking me and my my homie. Well, I moved to Arizona for a little bit and then we took like a three year hiatus. So then now we revamped it and brought it back. I like some of my first YouTube. My first YouTube video was actually the podcast. And what's funny, too, is like I had ads on that podcast. Like I had AdSense and then they changed it, like you said, and <laughs> they took it away, which was kind of sucked. I guess I wasn't really partnered. But the fact that I could put ads and stuff like that on my YouTube channel and then they took it away was like, ah, it is, it, there's so much. And like then the apocalypse and like all that kind of stuff. Like I, I was a partnered channel with uh, BBTV. And like I didn't realize at the time because I thought it would be a good thing, but basically they just scammed me and stole half my ad revenue for like a year. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> that's also uh, a thing about that YouTube. Was done, but yeah. Now nowadays, every it's harder now, but there's also less hoops to jump through. 
True, because I never understood that, like those multi-channel things like that. Because, like I said, I MCM, thought that was a... like you. You had to be in an MCM to like get your feet off the ground, basically. Ah. And now that that concept's basically dead. Yeah, that that is true. Was there ever a point where you wanted to give up with YouTube, or? Dude, I I get those points sometimes. Like like, I get them all the time. Sometimes, <laughs> like for, uh, YouTube. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Just uh, to really hammer home. The whole YouTube is a very real job. I used to work with emergency rescue. Uh, I was an emergency rescue operator for fire, police, and medical. And I did that for four and a half years. And like very literally, like some of my calls are life and death, right? And YouTube is a more stressful job than that. Wow. Like there are days, because like when you like when you get in this position like youtube is like 90 percent of my income right mm-hmm. and once again i don't make that much money i make basically the equivalent minimum wage here in ontario um so days where you see all the numbers go down you go to youtube analytics and it's all red 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 this is down this is down this is down this stuff and that's not a feel-good day you know like that day sucks mm-hmm. and uh there have been times where like uh not this year but uh uh like last year there was uh, at least two times i can think of where like i started updating the resume and like start looking around for jobs again because youtube had me so stressed out i just almost couldn't take it anymore yeah i don't blame you i, I couldn't imagine that because like even i've never really made a dime off of youtube but i've definitely been there on days where like I just I think I made a Fall Guys video, which was like 50 minutes of gameplay. I think I edited down to 35 minutes, but I edited the hell out of it and like put on all this effort and time and just editing those 15 minutes out and then adding more to it was like seven hours of work and Mm -hmm. uploading it. You know, I I don't I don't expect much. I have a small channel. I I'm happy if I get a hundred a day, especially before sorts. Like, that, to me, that's a proud video. And I think it had like five or six views, and I'm just like sitting there thinking, I'm like, I know this is a hobby for you, Prince, and you want it to be something, but I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, it was one of those things where I was just like, damn, should I stop? Because it was just like I put in all this effort and work, and no one sees it. I, I think that's the only issue that I ever had with like YouTube or podcasting is like just getting people to see it. Like, check this out. Like, hey, yeah, look at this that's the thing. Like, it's always harder than people think. Like, uh, during those times last year, when I was very frustrated, like, because uh, like you know, I'm sitting here all day editing video and like. And like someone asked me, hey, do you want to play Dragon Ball Fighters? And then I'm like, okay, I just spent God knows how many hours in training mode to get the video recorded. God knows how many hours to edit the video together. And that's like 11 hours of my day. And like the last thing I want to do is actually play the game. Yeah. And that's kind of messed up, right? Like. That's why like, I'm, I'm trying to make my work life balance a lot better so I don't run into that anymore. And I made strides for that. But like, that's kind of the thing is like. My life is about a game and I don't even get to play it. Like, that's kind of messed up. And at least I would say at least you get to have the quality like videos that you get to make. I don't know. Unfortunately, you can't play it. But like, like, I know with me, I'll have it. Once again, like I'm trying to make things better on my end. Like I've learned big lessons for sure. Right. Like that's when like points where like my stress was an all time high. So I'm trying to get away from that again. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's just. You when you turn your hobby into a job, it's not always sunshine and roses. Like once again, don't make me wrong. I'm overall very glad and very happy where I'm at. 
but uh the youtube job isn't all glamour that's for sure no i 100 percent agree that and especially like I know I'll have record sessions because sometimes I'll just do back and back, especially if I like I end on a loss. I'm like, man, I want to play again. So I'm going to record it. And sometimes you just have some shitty sessions or you're like, ah, do I want to edit all this and do all this? And like, God, uh, one of the biggest skills I learned uh, in this whole shebang is uh, hiding being salty when streaming. Mm. I, can you make that a tips and tricks video? Because I definitely need that. Um, just got to internalize it. Ending on a loss is something I don't I I. Like back before YouTube and streaming and all that, like I would never end on loss. I would play till I'm like blood vessels are bursting in my face. <laughs> and I'm so angry and I have to end on a win, right? Right. And then to be like, well, that win wasn't good enough. That was too easy. I need a better win. And then just the endless cycle, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, one of my biggest uh, thoughts when I started streaming and like, I didn't realize like, oh man, I, like I am a salty person sometimes, right? And like, but I can't show that. Like as like the biggest thing, one of my biggest mottos going in was like, don't be dark side Phil. Dark side. <laughs> oh, like and like, yeah, I don't know if you know who dark side Phil is, but, uh, well, trust me, one quick Google, you'll learn more than you'll ever need to know. But, uh, I just don't, don't be the rage gamer, right? Like, cause people don't join you to support you at that point. They're there to laugh at you. If you become that guy. Yeah. And a lot of people get in that like mode and that like category and they just cannot escape it. Whatever they, they can. You don't want to be the next low tier God, right? Like, yeah. Not at all. What was I going to say to and then, you know, honestly, it might be a hot take here, but I didn't really get as salty until I started learning more about fighting games. Like before, knowledge is a curse. Like before, if I lost to someone, I was like, oh, damn, I lost. But then now I'm like, you mashed on plus three and what the fuck is wrong with you? And I got counter hit for trying to do this. And like, that's why I get actually salty yeah. now that I think about it. When you're just mashing and having fun. Oh, he did that. That's cool. And but when you're cursed with the greater knowledge, it's like, yeah, you mashed on my plus three. You can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. And like, yeah, the more you know, the angrier you're going to get. I, yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, well, since we are say not to be the salty person, something that you need to work on. I was going for you as a fighting game player, but now I kind of know as both the fighting game player and the YouTuber. Something that you need to work on. Game. Sorry, could you repeat that? I was gonna say uh, before. I just wanted to know as the fighting game player something that you need to work on as far as a skill. But now I want to know as the fighting game player and the YouTuber some things that you just need to work on or get better at. Oh well, um, for the fighting games, I don't know. Like I'm good. Uh, my biggest skill in fighting games these days is um, I can internalize stuff way faster than everybody else. Like. That is when, true. Say when Guilty Gear Strive comes out, I'll be ahead of everyone else. Like my week one will be everyone else's like month two, right? And of course, everyone will catch up or whatever. But, uh, but like I learn, dissect, and take in info way faster than almost anybody else. And that's one of my greatest skills. So I'm good there. Uh, YouTube, oh my God. Like there's so much I could do better on YouTube. Like, uh, and just my general presentation. Like, once again, I'm talking on this fancy esports podcast arm right now. That's a new thing. <laughs> I got one of them fangled stream decks over there. I got to set that up. Uh, I'm fully aware my thumbnails suck and I've succeeded in spite of that. I fully realize I should ask for everyone to like and subscribe every video and I don't do it because I'm stubborn and I've succeeded in spite of that. But these are things I should do. 
but yeah, there's a lot of things I know are less than ideal and I need to change, but I'm a stubborn old man. And my goal basically is to hit 100k subscribers being the stubborn old man and not playing by the rules you should on YouTube. I mean, you're almost there, aren't you? I'll right. hit it this year. Almost a guarantee. Hey, we'd love to hear it. Uh, I, I like it, thumbnails. The white box, I kind of got used to it. And it's like, I, I, it sticks out to where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is his video. I, I want to watch it. The reason I did it is because, like, you take anyone else's thumbnail, and to me, anyways, this is my opinion, but to me, they all blend together. Like, I could not tell you the difference between everyone's thumbnails if you just threw them all together. Mine, like, yeah, maybe they ain't great. But you absolutely know who made it. That's true. I will give you that. Um, I love your one, especially when it's like a gimmick. Like, I think I think you probably had Bardock's head on some like office guy's body before and things of that nature. I, I love those thumbnails. Those are pretty funny. Yeah, those actually. I like doing that. Those, those, those are actually one of my fears. Like, is when I got that whole thing down, because I use so many stock images. Like, I go on like the stock image heads, like, okay, here's this. Put the guy's head on it. Make the funny thing. Then I'm like, if I did the whole full thumbnail, like, you know, the full 16.9, and all of a sudden I can't work, like, those actually work in my format because those pictures don't come in 16.9. They're like small images that are very vertical, right? Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, if I want to put the silly, put the guy's head on the thing, that doesn't work anymore if I went for a more traditional thumbnail format. And do you use Photoshop or no? Uh, yeah. I use a very old version of Photoshop. <laughs> I know where I everything's at. Still buy it. <laughs> and something else that I wanted to a few just, just a few more questions here. Not too many. Sure. Where did the monkeys and gorillas and like that origin come from? All right. Uh, that's a question I get a lot. And I'm going to give you a very disappointing answer. Uh, I only do it. And I've been doing it for God knows how like well before YouTube ever was a thing for me. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, on like a lot of forms, I'm very famous for spamming monkey pictures. <laughs> and I only do it because it makes people smile. People like monkeys. People monkeys make people happy. That's literally about the long and short of it. I, I like want to debate that, but I really, I guess, yeah. I never really seen anyone like mad at a monkey. Ain't nobody sad when they're looking at pictures of monkeys. That's a good point. That's, that's a good point. That's a good gimmick. I actually... Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at and that. Ever since it's gone on, I went on to learn a lot about monkeys. Like, uh, God, I, I can write like an amateur field guide at this point because I know so much <laughs> about so many species and all that. I never intended to do that, but just, yeah, just post pictures of monkeys. And I also used to do that to derail shit conversations on forums. Like, this conversation is very bad. I'm going to kill it by spamming monkey pictures. So that was another tactic. It's actually in forums that would probably work relatively well because you know you can't argue if there's a picture of a monkey. Everybody, like, what the fuck? How did this get here? Especially well, like, if you want to go like way back in the day, people are like, oh my god, Cabal's killing MK9. They need to probably. And it's like the same conversation I've heard a million times. So at this point, okay, here's the next ten posts, and they're all orangutans. <laughs> wow, it's terrible. That's hilarious. What uh, forums were you on? Oh, I, I've been on everything. Like, uh, I still on active on quite a few. Uh, sure, you can uh, test your might. I've been going to something awful specifically for every day for uh, about 21 years. Uh, so, yeah, I like the form. That's why I don't use Discord much. I'm just an old guy. I like the old forms, even if the old forms are, are long in the tooth, maybe. But 
it's more my speed. I think the only forums I was on was the realm of Mortal Kombat. Um, those, oh, TRMK? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Those were lit when, uh, like, you get MK9 news or MKX news, stuff like that. Uh, Test yeah. Your Might, I was on that one. And I wasn't on Shore Yukon. I wasn't, I wasn't on that one. Oh, Shore Yukon's basically dead now. Uh, oh, it's, it's, de- it's basically dead now, but it was dead beforehand because it was like a whole community exodus. A shout out to the people at Mega Shock. As uh, a lot of the old SRK people went there instead. Hmm. Uh, so if you want to check out some Street Fighter stuff or just some general shit posting, Mega Shock's where to go. And you know what's funny too is I don't think I ever would have been in the FGC if it wasn't for a forum. Technically, I guess it's Reddit, so I don't know if uh, does that count as a forum or I don't even know. Yeah, Reddit's basically like what the forums evolved into. Because I, I think I think the one time I was on Shorty Yukin. I was trying to like because I wanted to be a commentator, so that's how I really got into FGC. Because I was like, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to play, but I love obviously with the podcast and I, me having a radio background. I always want to do something with my voice and like having these conversations because it's like that's to me the best shit in the world is just talking to someone and learning something, all that jazz. So I was like trying to figure out a way to do commentator gigs and stuff like that, and I think I went on short you kid. And you know how sure you can is so if you ask the wrong question in the wrong form, which I didn't understand yeah. forums like that one. Yeah, they lit me up. I definitely got told to kill myself a few times. And I was like, I was, but I was just a young kid. Like, hey, I, I made a little post and like, oh, go here, do this. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry, God, you could have just pointed me in the right direction. You had to cuss me out. SRK is not the most welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn that the hard way. Then I found RSF Street Fighter and then uh, Joe Monday picked me up for the online local and I did a maybe about two years of that so that was how i kind of got my start into commentary and so yeah I, I, i've done commentary exactly twice and i'm i was stressed out of my mind doing it. <laughs> okay so what apparently i did pretty good because i got invited back the second time and it was like kind of a big deal because i got invited by red bull of all people right so nice what was uh, it for apparently under pressure i perform well what was the game uh dragon ball both times Oh wow! And it was for Red Bull both times. Promote the Canadian fighting game community, uh, as it was very specifically Red Bull Canada. Nice, nice. Because it's kind of messed up to say this, but like, I might be the most famous Canadian fighting game player, and like that's weird. Like the only other person I could think of is like Honeybee, maybe, but like Honeybee Biohazard. I think Katani's out there. No, but like, like. It's it's a lot harder to get your name out there if you're not American or Japanese. Like, and we like kind of discussed that a bit before, but like, yeah, like there's so there is so many killer Canadian players that like are just basically unknown, but they are incredibly strong. Uh, so I guess Justin Wong's from the states, then, right? Yeah. Okay. I think he was I, in New York first and moved to Cali. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. I, yeah. I guess you are pretty accurate then. Because I think he's in Vancouver now. I think. Oh, oh is he? Okay. Well, I think on so. Uh, yeah. Damn. You are the most famous candidate. Maybe I should title the, <laughs> the yeah, episode. Like, I'm not, like, probably if you had to wait pound for pound, maybe Honeybee always me. But just the idea that I'm one of the, if not potentially the most famous Canadian. And like, I live in the middle of nowhere, Ontario. Well, like, you probably you probably are because uh, I, to, you would know who Honeybee is if you're in the Mortal Kombat scene. But there's so many other different fighting game scenes that yeah, you yeah. only play Dragon Ball. You wouldn't know who Honeybee is, I guess. Right. 
And I guess that would be the case too. Um, the last, well, I, so you're self-taught, I guess. Cause I was going to ask you who like trained you up and who gave you your tips and tricks and things of that nature, but self-taught self-taught. Okay. That's one of the beauties of the internet, man. Like, uh, if you go back to like me in my early twenties, like the level of fighting game skill I gained from say age 21 to 23, thanks to stuff like YouTube wikis, all that. What took me two years could take you two weeks, you know, mm. like the level we can learn at is turbocharged compared to like back in the day. That is true. That is true. And also you're, you're probably credible as hell back in the day, because if you learn like some optimal shit, maybe two or three people knew that because obviously they weren't putting it online and yeah. like, oh, here's this perfect tech against this character that you might never play in a tournament. But it's OK to know because yeah, like those things, that's the thing. Like nowadays, like those things uh, like, say, um, Street Fighter four, like, OK, here's a weird not cross up versus Sagat that should be a cross up in the right corner doesn't work on the left corner Rose versus Sagat like that would be small and obscure in the early days but nowadays as soon as it's found everyone will know in like a week and I think that's good like at the general level of education going up helps everybody yeah because then everybody gets stronger and it just it sets that precedent like you don't know how fast it fast is until you race against someone different because if you could beat everybody on your block he like oh, the worldview is it's crazy i can give you an exact story of that like uh as growing up in the arcade days i was top dog right that was how it is i was the best mm-hmm. and then uh there was a tekken 3 tournament in montreal for like some <laughs> advertising thing i can't remember like uh it wasn't a community tournament like you think like it was corporate like there was no community tournaments in canada like that but i went in and i'm like okay i won i beat everyone i always beat everyone so i'm gonna win and i got second out of like 180 people and uh i was so mad like i i barely contained myself in public and like i screamed as soon as i got out like because like my brain could not process being anything less than the best and of course, nowadays, second at a tournament, that's great. Any, anyone could be happy at that, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, especially, you know, just because I was a kid and whatever, like, no, I'm always the best. I always win. And learning that there could be someone better than me, like, broke me, basically. Nowadays, whatever, I couldn't care less, right? There's a million people better than me. But uh, back then, that was a rough pill to swallow. I think that's what hurts, too, because, like, nowadays, like, there could be someone that's just slightly better than you, like, maybe anti-air a little bit better than you or something like that. And it's like, I well, want to internalize it. Right. I, I always see this in the Smash community specifically. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm the third best peach in Ohio. <laughs> I'm the second best Donkey Kong in uh, Austin, Texas. Like, you always got to find that way to build yourself up, even if you got to, like, make the map a lot smaller. Right. Mm-hmm because there was this uh big tournament in like my state i live in iowa and when i went up for dragon ball commentary they end up it was three hours away they end up saying that oh we couldn't stream dragon ball but you know we could play you could play i'm like i didn't come here to play in the tournament i wanted to compensate the tournament and i I was gonna do solo commentary so it like hurt and i was devastated but something i'll never forget is like i think this is when the new smash just came out like maybe a month or two after and so I'm standing in line, you know, what I'm saying to check in and tell them that I was like, oh, I'm here for commentary. So everybody's like, oh, you play Smash? Who you made? 
<laughs> oh, you play Smash? Who you mean? I'm like, God damn, there's a big ass Smash crowd here. And it was like 200 people for a small like Iowa tournament. That was just a weekend thing. I was just like, oh, Smash is serious. And so like you saying, oh, I'm the third best peach in Ohio. It's like, yeah, that, that was fairly accurate. Uh, it's always something I see specifically in the Smash side of things. Like I don't see someone saying I'm the second best Ryu in uh, Ohio. And yes, I said Ryu, not Ryu. That's old habit. That's always going to happen. I grew up in, I played 91, deal with it. Uh, but yeah, it's just the thing. And like, I always just find that really neat. Like just, like, and I appreciate the level of pride, right? Like I don't like the people get too prideful, but like, even if they're just working for a goal, I want to be the best X, Y, Z in my region. Right. I, I do always like that. I would say to, to say that, I would say I want to be good enough to where I like one of my best friends in the FGC is uh, El Chicote. I want to be good enough. I want to be good enough to where if he's playing me, say he's like training for like the Capcom Pro Tour, it's not wasted practice, I guess. Like, I just want to be good yeah. enough to help my friends that are at these elite levels. I, and maybe beat them once in a while. Or like be that player like, oh, all right, I respect your game. Like you're pretty good. I just that's my lane. I don't want to be like great to where I could win millions of dollars. I mean, if I could win millions of dollars, I'll do it. But I, I just want to be enough to where everybody respects my gameplay. And it's not like, oh, you just scrub, scrub, just pressing buttons. Like, you know, uh, value practice, I guess. I don't exactly. really know. How. Say your goals. Like at this point, once again, I don't need to be the best. That's not something I need to work for because that, if that doesn't pay my bills, I can't pay my rent on the journey to be the best mm-hmm. YouTube can though. Right. So educating others, teaching the next generation, that's basically where my goal is now. And hopefully I do well enough that when I'm extra old, you guys like, Oh, take pity on me and like, give me a Twitch sub or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, just your videos alone, just teaching this is like, cause I think when I watched that trunks tips and tricks video outside of the EX flip changes that they made in season three, it's still relatively yeah, valuable. Really one of the unfortunate <laughs> things is, uh my biggest enemy is there's only 24 hours in a day and there's so many older guides i would love to like update and i have updated tons of like especially on the dragon ball front mm-hmm. uh but just i can't like uh i think you updated the broly one didn't you or uh, like i updated like i think like 11 12 13 characters uh like probably like 10 characters for season three and then like another five for season 3.5 like and of course you know whatever new characters like you know i did all the season three characters as well but yeah it's just the enemy like those the big guides take so long like it's like say if the character comes out tuesday and i post it on sunday i was working on that guide every single day till it got posted wow and i don't like putting uh like those those guides are my signature videos right so i don't want to put out one that's like less than good and those are like hour long guys like that's I, I love that because it's just you break it down so well and you timestamp it. And, and it used to be like my very first tips and tricks guide was Harley Quinn for. And that video is like six minutes long. <laughs> and that's the normal tips and tricks guys videos. That's like the standard, I yeah. guess. Um, now I've just kind of morphed into it's a whole other thing. What is the I know you say. Give us the secret, because I know you was talking about how you learn characters and you get the process. So what do you do that helps you learn the character so fast and get comfortable with that character? Are, are you like looking at the menu, looking at the special moves, the normals? Or are you just pressing buttons and like, OK, this is a command normal. This is that. Like, what is it that you do that helps you learn these characters so quick? Because, you know, a lot of characters. Uh, 
Oh, like a lot. It's kind of well, insane. The thing is, a lot of fighting games have shared DNA, right? Like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Fighters is a different game than Street Fighter, right? But it's not a hundred percent different. And like basically, as like I said before, like my ability to just like feed and disseminate info. Every fighting game you play makes you better at every other fighting game. Like that's the long and short of it. If you play Dragon Ball Fighters, you'll be better off than if you didn't play Guilty Gear Strive. You play Guilty Gear Strive, that'll help you with Street Fighter Six. You play Street Fighter Six, that'll help you with Project Mm -hmm. Out. So far, like every game makes you better at every other game. And I've played basically every game along the way since 1991, right? So there's very few things that can blindside me these days in a fighting game. Like uh, I, I have a whole routine. Like uh, okay, like not so much in Dragon Ball Fighters because it's much rarer concept. Like can you care of this or like, okay. Um, I basically have making Oki in uh, dragon ball fighters to a science. So I can basically extract everything you can do off a of level three Oki in like half an hour or less wow. on new characters. Like it's less that I have like a secret tip more than just, I've done so much over the years that just, I know what to look for. If that makes any sense. No, I mean, that that does make sense. I, I just wish I had that telling. Because <laughs> I swear it takes a day and forever to learn and process a character sometimes for me. And that, that it just, especially I'm the type of person that like, like especially in school, like if it clicked right away, oh, I, I'm amazing. Like I, I would say I, I'm one of the best or whatever. But if it's like there's a, a gear stuck and it does, doesn't resonate right away, it takes me so long just to process it, just to, just to take an extra step and like go on that journey that's super hard though but I, that's an incredible skill and um it's less skill than more just work right i guess pra- it's basically the evolution of practice yeah because i do i remember uh in our twitter dms i asked you like how do you go about practice and it uses like honestly i just put on some music and i just practice bang it out <laughs> i do remember that and that helped a lot i think uh Cause I was trying to figure out what can help me play better. And you know, obviously I do the YouTube thing. So like, I thought like me talking and being funny and saying my ideas out loud, that'll really help me as a player. But then I couldn't be quiet either. And I don't think that's why I probably struggle in tournament. Cause I'll just be in my own thoughts. So then once I started playing music, music was the best thing for me. And I just like was singing. And I like, I don't know if it's like my brain just has it to where it just calms me down and then I like I instead of playing the game I get into the music so it slows everything down for me I guess I don't, I really don't know how to describe it works for you like uh, I like whenever I'm streaming I can be a very boisterous person but like uh, it's been told to me when uh, in tournament settings that, like I'm the most like stoic person ever <laughs> like I don't emote I don't blink I just sit still and play my match so you can do different things, I guess, like uh, serious mode versus fun and around mode. Yeah, I think when I went to the tournament, I, I played without headphones, and I don't think I could ever do that again because I, I got distracted by just hearing the clicks of a, a pad or not pad, but like a stick and all that stuff and just hearing all the people talk around me. And then I like catch oh, myself I, looking. I, it's one of the things I hated the most is people talking around you, like the crowd. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a skill I learned to help avoid. Uh, whatever the last Canada Cup was, it was like the last real Canada Cup before they ran away to out west. Um, two different uh, occasions, two different games, I think, at that point. Uh, like, I had a huge crowd behind me, but not for me, right? That was the thing. It wasn't for me. Um, 
One was some streamer person. I don't know who they were, but I guess they're some level of fame. There's like 20 people behind me all rooting for the other person. But, you know, like, okay, whatever, I do my thing. And then I win, then <laughs> go on. And another time I had like a, it's the only time I ever played against Alex Valle. And uh, he had a whole complement of people there too. And like, but like for me, just ho- thankfully, I get to shut people out. But I remember that being, uh, or in earlier years, that was one of my biggest problems. I hated people behind me when I was playing a game, but thankfully I got better at it as it went on. Do you remember when uh, K Brad versus Wolf Chrome and that infamous uh, oh, that set? Whole, uh, crap show, yeah. They, uh, I think Wolf Chrome, I, I don't know. Some people thought he was complaining, but I guess like he was saying his people were so close to him that like, they were like bumping his chair. And like obviously the whole, everybody wants to see that match and like, they had all if that it hype behind from it. Anyone but him, I'd buy it. But he's like a natural claim, a complainer, cryberry be. He's like rage quit middle of tournaments. He screwed over other people's tournaments. Like, so that's why I was I like, I would buy that as a valid complaint from not him, basically. I, but even then, I wouldn't even want people that close because that's that that was insane. Yeah, that looked crazy. Like the old days were like F champ screaming in people's ears. Like I would have knocked him out. Like, <laughs> oh that, man. That, that is not cool. And just go on a quick tangent. Yeah, I know you've seen uh like I guess Twitter. I don't know if you follow a lot of FGC people, but like I know Brian F and everybody's like, oh, I don't really like beefs and sets like that. But then everybody's agreeing with it. But you know, I feel like some of the most famous sets is like F champ screaming at somebody's face and then like everybody talking shit to each other and like the, the beef yeah, sets. But- Almost everyone who goes down that route basically gets exposed as just being a big baby, right? So that's true. Like, you can just play; it's a game, dude. Like I, I will agree. I don't like overly and anim- like you can have a rivalry, sure, but like to me, like I think way less of like F Champ screaming at someone and then he gets embarrassed. Uh, and the money match, right? By, uh, what's his nuts? Their uh, team Hulk player, right? At I- Evo. Uh, but I'll remember, I'll remember like a Tokido versus Daigo set way more than that. Cause just it's two guys, a rival sure. And they just play good matches. Done. Mm, that's true. Game Blue River. I forgot his name for a second. I was like, I didn't remember his name at all. I remember the, the clip of him screaming at somebody, but I think he also did that to someone else. I think he like took their that's headphones off. Of my understanding. Oh, well, they, there you go. I think he took like their headset off and all types of stuff, beat them in tournament. And then I think they ran a money match and they got streamed and he got washed in the money match. Like it was like bad. And F champ was just the like, thing. if you run your mouth, you get exposed like uh, F champ again. Uh, he got Marvel versus Capcom Infinite months early before the release. He got a lot of privileged stuff from his connections to Capcom and his buddies. To the point where like he had a dev kit. And like, yeah, so he had months of practice, talked all this shit, and he played against Sonic Fox and Sonic Fox yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that. <laughs> months and months and months of advanced gameplay, and he still couldn't win. Like, that's pathetic. So, yeah. So, people run the big mouse. That's the end goal. I ain't ever seen someone run their mouth and they're still on top. You know, I, well, I don't know. So I don't want to say it was him. I think it might've been an NRS game. Like somebody got a game early and they were like trying to charge people for frame data or some stupid shit like that. Yes. I'm very well aware of that moment. Uh, uh, like, 
I get why some people start to say, like, hey, the FGC is great, but don't look at these people as role models because a lot of them, <laughs> or a lot of them are uh, not not yeah, terrible. But <laughs> I know exactly who that was, and that's the the whole thing. Was it an NRS game then? I can't remember. I, yes, that, okay. was, uh, that was MK11. <sighs> I believe it. <laughs> I, I believe it. Oh, man. I love the FGC, but damn the FGC sometimes. <laughs> oh. No matter how good a community is, you're going to have wars. Like, legitimately, people, you know, they talk, you know, negative things about the FGC, but like, you compare it to any other competitive gaming, uh, gaming community, and FGC is heads and shoulder above everybody else. Like, yeah, we got the wars, sure, but any community is gonna but overall like fgc it's like it's to me the most welcoming community it's easily the most diverse community holy crap like no one comes close to that <laughs> that's true uh just yeah and the amount of love and help in the fgc to me is like unmatched in any other competitive gaming community that is true because I, I guess you could also have the, like just casuals in the fgc community where i feel like other games don't really have that other games are more about the winning and like everybody's sweaty, at least from what I've seen. Or avoiding challenge, like uh, the whole skill-based matchmaking debacle mm. of uh, competitive shooters not wanting to fight people good enough. Mm. That's Which a good to point. Me is like embarrassing, but that's the standard in shooters. Yeah, I get. Yeah, kind of spin, kind of spin facts there. But uh, Roofmonger, I feel like you've been great on this podcast. Uh, is there anything you want to promote? Shout out in your closing statement. Uh, um, check out the YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash roofmonger. I make videos about fighting games, uh, with Guilty Gear Strive's launch. I'll be, uh, streaming again regularly, uh, cause it's been really kind of hot and cold for a while, but I expect streams every week, multiple streams every week when I'm doing that. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash roofmonger. Uh, I post a lot of stupid fighting game related stuff and, uh, yeah, play fighting games. That's about it. I was like, I, I love the outro. The outro uh, is just so good. I don't know. Go on and play some uh, Get to Gear. <laughs> literally. Okay, here's two things. One, I did that just because I didn't know how to end a video properly. So, like, I'm like, I got to forge an outro, and I did that. And two, to this day, to this day, because I started doing that with Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, I still accidentally say, go out and play some Marvel. <laughs> and I had to cut it and redo it. I, I, I honestly, I bet you if you just wow, well, I don't know, it's the fucking internet. Some people might like that, but then some people like, did you say Marvel here? You know, you said Marvel here, and like some people want to be right so damn bad that that's hey. the weird thing too because I might say that again in the future, but it'll be a very different Marvel. NRS Marvel won't be uh, Capcom Marvel, that's for sure. I think I got a way that they can make everybody happy. If they can somehow implement the 2v2 that even if it's just a mode that MK9 had, but maybe tweak it a little bit, make it a little bit better. I think that's exactly what they're going to do, actually. I I think they're going to do exactly that. I, I can't see anyone ha- unhappy. I, I really can't. If it gives you that creative. Oh, freedom. You, you said you post on TRMK and TOIM, dude. Ain't nobody knows how to be unhappier more than an NRS fan. I mean, you're not wrong. Somebody gonna find a way to complain, but somebody. I love NRS games, dude. But and like, I'm uh, very privileged. I'm like one of the few guys that has like my fingers and like the pie of every community. <laughs> like, very few people are in as many different fighting game circles as me, right? Mm-hmm. And God bless the NRS community, but 
they're the most complaining of everybody. That you kind of spin facts. Also, with that pie reference, was that a reference to a scary movie too? Because that's definitely where my mind went. I can't say that it is. I'm sorry to say. Oh, well, you've seen a scary movie too, right? Though I've seen a scary movie too. Okay, but I so never thought about it in that context until you said it right now. Oh, well, I just thought of the my germ, so that's why I was like, oh, that's where you went with it. Okay, I mean, you're not wrong, but everybody in my mom was saying like, oh, we, bro, make a two v two move because like everybody's seen the tight combos that you could do with the calling the like tower assist things and stuff like that. So yeah. I hope they don't complain when they get it. I, but I uh, personally. I I only want it to be Marvel. I don't think I really want Marvel versus DC. I might be in the, the minority in that regard, but uh, I think it'll just be Marvel, Marvel, like no DC involved. But I, I hope it's actually old school Marvel. Like I hope it's. I don't know. How All I, think I want at this point is I don't want Disney to screw them over like they screwed over Capcom. Just give me Fantastic Four. Give me mutants. Yeah, I feel like they have the budget for it. Okay, so in this hypothetical Marvel game that NRS is making, who would be your team if it's 2v2? Uh, well, it all depends on who's in the game, right? But uh, yeah, Just say anyone. Doctor Doom and Squirrel Girl, then. Okay. The iconic duo. Okay, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, I think I would... S- oh, I might be basic with mine. I think I might say Black Panther and Wolverine. And maybe Team Claws. Team Claws? I'd probably go with that. But one thing, man. Okay, I, I, let me rant for one second. Go ahead. I like Black Panther, and he's done so much, especially when, when the movie like helped really get the character out. But the, uh, my favorite comic uh, in Marvel is Fantastic Four, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in a an older Fantastic Four where he's fighting Black Panther is fighting the Silver Surfer. And the Silver Surfer is like cosmic level strong, right? Mm-hmm. And Black Panther, quote unquote, beats him by putting him in an arm lock. <laughs> it's like no matter the, your level of cosmic strength, and he's as strong as the Hulk, if not stronger, is like I beat you with my arm bar. Deal with it. And at that point, I lost respect for Black Panther. I, wasn't he originally a Fantastic Four villain? Is that how he got his introduction to the like Marvel sure, universe? Yeah. Or no, Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther, he works a lot in the Fantastic Four circle, but um, not as a villain, though. Oh, but isn't that how you got to start? I thought. I'm not I'm not a historian on Black Panther. OK. Um, but no, like my his. Mm, all my stuff I know is like the 80s, like I don't, anything in like the 70s. But that I, I my knowledge is a lot lower. Okay, well, because that's what I, I don't thought. Know. Maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to sell people on Black Panther. But yeah. I just hated like he's like fighting guys as strong as the Hulk, and he put him in an arm bar, and that, <laughs> that has stuck with me for years and years and years. Hey, it might it's like tie- a wrestling arm bar hey. back and like, haha, you're beat. See, it, it all ties into the wrestling conversation that we had. It's, man, it <laughs> uh, but hopefully, you guys do enjoy this podcast. If you do, be sure to leave a like, That's comment. One, oh, and I don't know how they're gonna do it because uh, Chadwick died. But one of the best storylines that um, involves Black Panther is also a Doctor Doom storyline, and they have to bring Doom back into the Marvel universe, which hopefully they do. Because he's the next, well, he is Marvel's best villain and by a lot. Uh, but he like breaks into Wakanda and like basically steals all their vibranium. Oh, wow. And like he meets the god of Wakanda, right? Doom does. And everyone's like, well, Doom can't go far because like if the god doesn't judge Doom worthy, he literally can't pass. 
And then the whole crux is Doom is worthy. <laughs> the responding God has to be like, okay, Doom, you win. You're actually legit. And then he like kind of usurps Wakanda. It's a cool storyline. Well, it is called Wakanda Forever, so maybe. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. they'll have to use the whole village and clan and stuff like that to maybe fight off Doom. I can see that. That that could work. Like I said, Doom's their best villain by a lot. Uh they're finally making a Fantastic Four movie, so like Doom's a Fantastic Four villain, but he's also an everyone villain. And nobody is as good as Doctor Doom. Like, flat out, he's their best villain. I'm about to do my research on Doom. I don't really know a lot. I know some, but not too much. Doom, he's the best kind of villain because in his mind, he's the hero, right? That is the best kind of villain. In his mind, he's the he's the guy trying to do everything right and everyone else is screwing him over. And Marvel is pretty good at writing those type of characters. I think we've seen well, it. Well, they are, except for like the times where like you get... Doctor Doom, something I know a lot about. So except, except for times he had like vindictive writers. Like there was a guy who hated Doom so much. He's like, oh, Doom killed his girlfriend and skinned her alive and made a suit of armor out of her flesh. When like that's never been in this character ever before, but literally the writer had a vendetta against the character. And you get oh. dumb stuff like that. Hopefully that comic didn't sell well then. I feel like that. No, it was basically written out of canon almost immediately. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I don't even sound like a, a villain. I sound like he just hated his fucking girlfriend. Like, what? Yeah, no, no. Oh my god. Like, that character literally went to hell to find his mother, Doctor Doom, and he's a villain. It's a very famous story called uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. He went to hell to find his mother who's in hell because she got tricked into being hell. And he freed her from hell as a, and he tricked the devil, basically. Like as a consequence, his mother hates him forever, like forever and ever. She thinks like Doom's the worst. But he's like, that's fine as long as I got my mom out of hell. And like, I can't. The character is so layered. I I could rant all day. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can no. rant all day about Doctor Doom. He's Marvel's best character by a mile. Now I feel like you and my uncle would have great conversations because that man is a comic book historian, and not to mention. He's like your comic book historian. Like he fucks with Fantastic Four and X Men. Those are his favorite. And like I feel like that's the untapped side of Marvel because of reasons. And so it's so weird. Not to go to tangent, but to say real quick, it's so weird that Marvel is split between different companies. Like that. That's weird to me. Like you would think they were Marvel's wholly owned by Disney. So. Oh well, now. Right, because didn't like Sony own Spider Man or Universal own oh, Spider Man? Sony, yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing, but like effectively, except for Spider Man, that's mostly over with now. Uh, but even then, that was only movie rights, right? So like when there was no mutants in Marvel Infinite, that was because Disney said no mutants. There was no legal issues. They could have just as easily put Storm and Sentinel and Magneto in the game. Wow, movie money off of them. We're not going to let them in the games. End of story. That's really what I did not like know the that Diablo game, uh, Marvel Heroes, I think it was called. They uh, the game launched with the Fantastic Four and they patched out the Fantastic Four. Like they took away the characters from the games because they couldn't make the movies from them. Disney has a weird philosophy, honestly. That's exactly why I have very low faith in like a few. Like at this point, it might as well be NRS. Like start fresh. It's like I don't think Capcom and Disney will get along ever again. Yeah, because they also like, you know, NRS will. I don't. Well, I guess that was WB. So then is it going to be NRS, WB, and Disney? 
I don't even sell. It's, the deal would be Disney and WB, and then WB takes one of their subsidiaries, which would be NetherRealm Studios, and it's like, okay, we got the contract of the game, you make the game. Ah. Uh, okay, well, at least you'll know they have a budget. <laughs> what yeah. if, oh. well, like, hey, presentation-wise, NRS is unmatched. Like, they got the money. Rufal Monger, you might hate me for this, but I just thought of something really toxic. What if they make the Mutants DLC? Like, instead of a guest character... As long as like, they're in the game, dude. As long as they're in the game. But that'd be so shitty. That'd be so toxic. It would be. Doesn't matter. I'll take it. <laughs> like, uh, uh, my main in uh, Guilty Year X2 was Bridget, and I'm definitely... Bridget's gonna be DLC, and I'll buy Bridget, right? So, there you go. I'll play Bridget. I'd play him. I'd I, him I was a Bridget player long before I was ever typecast as the big guy player. Hmm. And that also and was definitely not the big guy. That's for sure. Wasn't that your first history video too? bizarre history? Uh, uh, my first one was actually QB uh, from Darkstalkers. OK, but uh, that was the second one. Yeah. Well, that was your first Guilty Gear one, correct? Yes. yes OK, yes. OK, OK. That's, that's what I was thinking, because I do remember that one. I remember it on your playlist because I end up I thought, like once I saw the, you know, one, I was like, oh, shit, I want to watch more. And then that's how I found out more coming uh, before Strive launches. I'll probably have like one on Soul or Kai or something like that. I think you just didn't you just upload a reference video? I think I saw that today. Yep. That's uh many guilty gear references and uh yeah, there's there's so many and it's like nowhere near exhaustive, but yeah, that's the thing. I'll have to check that out after this uh podcast. I have to check that out. But yeah, you've been a great guest. I appreciate you for just hopping on and conversating with me for almost two hours. <laughs> uh thank you yeah, for your God. time. time flies, eh? Yeah, especially when you're just shooting the shit. Uh, appreciate I you. Just said, hey. <laughs> I actually never heard a Canadian say that, actually. So that's first time. We, um, we actually do say that. We actually <laughs> do say that. I try to hide it, but. That's great. I'm glad I caught that on the podcast. Sometime in the near future, we'll have to get a set in Guilty Gear or something like that. But well, I'll be on every day when the beta's on. And when it launches, you can't get me off of it. I'll, I'm never not hey. going to be around. So. Hey, and be right Goodbye. there with you making the content. But love you guys. Till next time. Bye.